Welcome back to Silo by Story Archives, the official number one Silo podcast in the world, if you didn't know that by now. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton, your other host. Zach, it's that day. It's a little bit later in the day than um, we usually record. That's true. However, it's been a long, short week. It's a Silo Friday. Unfortunately, uh, the episode released last night on Thursday night uh, for those of us in the States. Um, Mm -hmm. But my dear Miami Heat were getting dominated by the Denver Nuggets. Not again. We're down. No, no, it was game one. So we're down 0-1. But nobody cares about that. They're here for Silo and not my pain <laughs> as, a, as a Heat fan currently. This episode titled The Relic. And let me tell you, my favorite episode of the season so far. I'm going out on a limb. Oh, okay. Going right out the gate on a limb. And that's my instant reaction. I'm sticking to it. Stick into it, your favorite episode. I won't consider this my favorite episode, but this is really nudging into the number two spot. Okay, uh, what, I, what was it, your former number two? I believe it was it, it was episode one. Episode one, then it was episode four, and then two, and then three, if I remember correctly. Right. Well, I can't fact check you because I don't remember, but I'm sure someone out there can. We want to thank you all again, once again, for writing into us at our email address, contact at soapbox.house. We love seeing your emails and we just want to take a quick moment. Should we just do the mail hour now? Let's do the mail hour. Why not? Well, let's call it mail minutes because we can probably get <laughs> mail, through it in a few Mail minutes. minutes. Yeah, 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 it's going to yeah. be like a five minute segment. Yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. All right, round the clock. We have starting with Linder Metz. Okay, we got two from Linder here. One, I'm going to take this opportunity to shamelessly plug our new series on Wednesdays covering the foundation on Apple TV. Linder, I'm not going to go into the details here, but thank you for sending us a primer on the concept of different base counting methods. Yes. Because Much apparently there in the foundation, there are several that they need to consider when they're re-founding mankind. I don't, when they, when they're, when they're, it's, it, they're talking about what counting system they use as they determine yep. what knowledge to protect. Yeah. Well, we're seeing a nice uptake on, uh, of listeners on the foundation series we got going on on Wednesday. So I think it's being well received for mm-hmm. those out there. And if you're watching Silo and you haven't seen foundation, I think it's up your alley. Give it a shot. Give it about two episodes. Give it about two episodes. And if you're not hooked by the end of episode two, we can talk. But um, no spoilers. No spoilers. All right. Not let us know what you spoilers. think there. And as always, if you want to reach out to us with any other show suggestions, you can reach us at contact at soapbox.house and on to the next email or Linder's email regarding this episode. Subject line, Martha and Judge Meadows, Martha being the woman in mechanical who Juliet calls walk and that always throws me off. I'm assuming that means like walkie talkies to like save her identity over the radio. Mm. Or is her name like Martha Walker? I think it's Martha Walker. Walker. Walker, I think. Well, this is what Linder has to say about um, Martha, something that was a little conspicuous. After Martha and Juliet have their discussion via radio, Martha looks briefly at a photo of her as a young woman with what I assume is a young pre-judge Meadows. On an unrelated note, the surveillance room we see at the end, is that what is behind the janitor's door, perhaps? Let's start with Martha and Judge Meadows. We did get a little um, moment between former RIP, Mayor Johns, 
mm-hmm. and Martha when they when she visits her down in the down deep, and she mentions a former wife of Martha's, right? Yeah, she does mention a partner. Do you remember the first name of the woman that Mary Johns mentions? Because no. I I do not currently, and could could you look that up for for a moment if if that's at all possible? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not sure if that woman, that woman didn't look like Judge Meadows to me in that photo. I'm going to be honest with you. However, it was a very brief moment. This is the instant reaction pod. So I can neither confirm nor deny whether that actually was Judge Meadows, although it may check out. I don't know enough about Judge Meadows. I mean, it was a long time ago too. So, you know, they could have changed a little bit as they aged. True. Judge Meadows has aged more gracefully than than Martha has, though. Martha looks older. Assuming that they're both that, that those are the two individuals in the photo, yes, yes. Um, I don't see anything that's jumping out at me. We'll have to do a little bit more digging before the deep dive. Yeah, Mary Johns mentions a woman to um, to Martha. I'm gonna look it up. Zach's researching skills questionable at this hour. A lot of things are questionable this hour. Well, I won't do it now. We'll get back to this later in the episode. Maybe Zach can continue looking as as we move forward here. As far as the surveillance room at the end, that was the big uh that was the big uh cliffhanger at the oh, end. Oh yeah. Honestly reminded me a bit of Alice in Borderland, which is not really sp- spoilery, but these guys watching in a room full of monitors at what's going on inside the silo. Now, we don't know if that surveillance room is inside of the silo or if it's outside of the silo. And I did mention at the start of the show that I would be a, little disappoint- be a little disappointed if this was just a giant social experiment. Mm-hmm. I still don't feel that this is a giant social experiment. I think that these are the keepers, so to speak. This is the janitor's room. This is exactly what I think is behind that surveil- that janitor's closet in the silo. And I think that there is a fourth branch of government here, so to speak. And it is whatever these people do. And I think it's above judicial altogether. I'm not even sure Judge Meadows knows about this, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. I think this is maybe a Sims exclusive. It seems hard to not... Are there multiple, for me, my first reaction was that there are multiple silos and that these people in this room are watching every silo and making sure that they have like maybe a janitor in each silo. That was my first reaction personally. Hmm. I would not be surprised if there were multiple silos. I, I mean, it would be kind of foolish in my opinion for there not to be. Yeah, like mankind just did one. Yeah, I mean, again, assuming that we are right and and the fact that we are here as a result of a nuclear fallout, it's not too smart to have one hole that you're putting the rest of humanity into, at least have two. (laughs) Yeah, you got to figure that whoever's in this silo, their former generations were just crazy rich. Like crazy rich. To be, to be amongst the, the people few. who, yeah, yeah. These are like the one percenters, a hundred percent, hundred percent. You're not getting in a silo like that, surviving all sorts of chaos mm-hmm. without paying a crazy lottery ticket size number, you know? Yeah. All right. Next email from Sean Madden. 
Hey guys, love the show for starters. Can't wait to continue this journey down deep with you. Like the little kind of pun there. The last episode had a theory that the stars were on a loop and it could be totally possible because no one has ever made it over the ridge where the horizon meets the stars. So the foreground could be manipulated while the stars are on a consistent loop. Cheers, guys. Sean. Okay. I'm kind of with Sean here. I think it, that's it, fair. Yeah, I think that's more than reasonable of a theory. I think that was your theory, Zach, that this I, isn't a loop. I was saying that the that the stars were on a loop and, you know, he might have, Lucas uh, might be finding a pattern that just keeps replaying over and over. So, my thought process with that is the reason I don't want to believe that to be the case is because <laughs> that would lean towards the social experiment slash this silo serves a purpose that is selfish, right? Yes, it, it could also just be a result of their manipulation of the screen. But why manipulate it? You know? Because manipulate you want, it to, you keep want to keep You want to keep people inside. I personally think that it is messed up outside. I don't think that outside is safe. Does that make me a sheeple? <laughs> I don't think so. No. All right. Well, Sean, you got Zach on your side. You're going to have to do some more convincing. Oh, yeah. For me. I'll, I'll work with you, Sean. And lastly, we have an unnamed email. Very kind message all the way from Germany. We will not name drop here. However, thank you for the message. And we may have something to announce coming up about a specific show. Maybe releasing in the middle of this month. That we might do some bonus episodes just for you. Yes. So, keep that I'm in excited. mind. I'm excited for the show. I have enjoyed the majority of the former seasons. And we, we thank you for your support, your kind words. Seeing messages like that is just an absolute, you know, f adding fuel to the fire, so to speak. So thank you. Thank you for wanting to support us. Um, and all these emails, we haven't had a chance to respond, but we will be personally responding over the weekend to each of you. So thank you. And for all of you out there listening, this was the Mailroom Hour. And if you want to reach us out, reach out to us with any theories or anything like that from episode six and beyond, you can email us at contact at soapbox.house. Beautiful. Okay. Well, ready to get onto the show here, Instant Reaction? I am ready to get into the Instant Reaction. Are you ready? Yeah, let me pull up my notes here. All right, go for it. No, you can just hit play whenever. Well. And we'll bounce around. I, I'm just going to come out and say, I was right again <laughs> about another thing here. The what? relic used for bait was the Pez dispenser, my friend. I got to say, if you would have taken this <laughs> to the Vegas odds makers... <laughs> over under on Pez Dispenser being this critical to the show's plot line, I would have I would have never bet it. Never, <laughs> never would have done it. I, I will mean, say, sorry, uh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say you can't end an episode that tight on the Pez Dispenser and not have that be the the bait in the next episode. I was just pleased to know that Judicial got down to the bottom that it is named a Pez Dispenser. It says Pez. Yeah. On the thing. So, it's crazy. They've got records on everybody, everything, down to the relics and who had the relics at different well, points of times. Well, not because they're all knowing, but because they have rats in the system, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They have an entire relic database, so much so that when Juliet looked up pretty much the same descriptors mm -hmm. earlier in the episode, she no results came up. But when Sims put pretty much his access code in there, 
yep. working for Judicial, all of it popped up for him. And also, how about his red room? Like his relic red room is very squid gamey. It was, like, yes. Right? Yeah, it so really he likes was. red, huh? He likes the color red. And black and red go together, man. Some nice contrast, some good colors. Yeah. Okay, so I may have jumped the gun on Billings. I think Billings is a good guy. I think I we was, both jumped the gun. I, I, I agree. I was way more skeptic, skeptic, wow, words, <laughs> skeptical of him <laughs> in yeah. the last episode. Uh, but he, uh, you know, he, he's growing on me. He's really growing on me in this, in this episode. I, I don't think that he's, you know, innately evil, which I, I didn't really think he was in, in the last episode either. I just, I didn't trust him. I didn't want to trust him. But you know I'm what coming really, around. You know what I really loved about this episode? I love the romantic flashbacks to Juliet and George and how that tied along with the theme of the episode, which is yeah. what is the biggest question in the silo? Mm-hmm. You know, the whole episode, you get that first uh, little teaser from George of, do you know what the biggest question in the silo is? And then the whole, the rest of the episode, you're like, well, what was it? Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, and we do find out at the end that the, what was the biggest question was, in fact, what if everything, you've been told, everything you know to be true, everything told to you by loved ones and friends and lovers, what if it's all a big lie? And that was the theme for Juliet, right? She's having kind of like her, she's having her, her whole motivation for why she's doing what she's doing. It's, it's coming into doubt at this point. Mm-hmm. And she has to come to terms with whether she wants to continue down this path of sheriff and coming down to... Um, getting down to the bottom of why George was killed, right? Yeah. And she gets to a point where she's about to quit being sheriff. And, and it's Martha, who the person who wanted to protect her, the motherly figure who wanted to protect her, who actually says the words that kind of snap her out and kind of, you know, call her out on, on what she's doing, that that's wrong. And, and yeah. really what it is, is it's irrelevant whether George was some, somebody who was using her or not. Yes, was it wrong? Was it was it good of him to do that if it's true? I don't believe it to be true, by the way. Me neither. But she has to get to the point where she's doing it for her and for finding out the truth. That is what matters here because an innocent man died, right? Absolutely. And Martha makes a good point. He's like, he's dead. He's not making you go climb up those stairs to be sheriff. That was you who decided to do that, mm-hmm. not him, right? Don't be a but, quitter. Follow but her. you, but you could understand why, you know, you imagine, put yourself, you know, in her shoes or, you know, say like. I get the doubt. Yeah. yeah like your wife disappears and you find out like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, your loved one, whatever that it comes into question. Like, what the hell was I like? Not important at all. Like what's yeah. going on here? You're freaking meeting, you know, Regina who um, was an interesting character. I, actually, I love that scene because. When Regina's telling her about like, oh, let me guess, did you believe when he told you he loved you or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And Billings is there the whole time. That's when Billings really proves that he's trustworthy, in my opinion, you know, because the the subtext in this episode with, with a million of these scenes was just so incredibly good. It was like Mad Men level good. It um, was it was really good. We also found out that, you know, he had a lot more on his mind too, though, right? Like he, he, he does have the syndrome and is trying to hide it. We, and we don't really know what the syndrome is, although it could just be a disease that we know of, like present day us outside of Silo, right? Yeah. 
that they don't have a name for. And there was two people who looked really sickly to me in this episode. It was Billings and it was Judge Meadows. When they go to visit Meadows and she's looking out the window. Mm -hmm. I think Linda brings up a good point. I do think that she may have been the woman in that photo with Martha. And one of the reasons I think that is because Martha admits that she's scared of leaving her, her work, her repair shop or her workshop. She yeah. says, you don't know, you have no concept of time, you know, when you can't even leave your door or something like that, or like when you're scared to leave your door. And you see Judge Meadows and she looks like she doesn't leave her office very much either. Yeah, I was, I was drawing that same conclusion as well. I mean, she did mention that she wasn't feeling well. Mm -hmm. She kind of looks stressed out looking outside. I, I've never seen her outside of her mm -hmm. office. So, I, I could see, I could see that being her in the photo. Over and over again, I thought Billings was looking out for Juliet in this episode because inherently, I think he's put two and two together that Trumbull didn't kill himself. He was killed and that Sims killed him. But what I thought was going on with his hands behind his back when Sims spoke to him, I thought it was one of these things where he was so under pressure of being like found out that mm -hmm. he knows what happened to Trumbull, that he was hiding something and that Juliet caught wind of it. But in reality, it was him hiding his hands, shaking. Yeah. Because he was, I guess, having a bad day. And it really wasn't the day to be having a bad day if you have the syndrome because he chose to go follow Juliet down to um, interrogate Patrick Kennedy again mm -hmm. because he's pretty much saying like, if I don't go down with you, like I can't guarantee, he's saying but not saying like something's going to happen to you if you keep going down this route and I'm not with you. Yeah. So, he was very much protecting her in this episode and I don't blame her for using him as the guy who finds the Pez dispenser and the in Trumbull's apartment. It's a smart move. Episode. Smart move. I don't blame her because he, in the last episode, Billings was very much a weasel. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not, she's, she has to come around too, the same way he's coming around. But if ever there was somebody to have as an ally, if you have the syndrome, it's this girl, it's, it's Juliet. I mean, just yeah. being able to, she's somebody who is not black and white in her and what's right and wrong, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's, the moral thing, moral thing to do is to lie about having the syndrome because it's ridiculous that somebody with a disease can't uh, hold a position of power, you know? Yeah. I mean, she, she did hint to the, con it, there was a concern about them having weapons, right? You might, yeah, I but, guess you might accidentally shoot somebody. But, but the, she was mentioning all the departments. Yeah. I missed all of the departments. Um, I think one. that Billings and Juliet are going to grow into... Uh, the partners that I was expecting to Both see between uh, Juliet and Marnes. I would like that very much. I think you see a lot of Billings' motives for why he does what he does when you see him interacting with his wife and his daughter. Yeah. You know, and you see the fatherly concern of he's looking at his baby daughter and like hoping that he didn't pass along this, this disease to her, you know? Yeah. You, you don't see that same sort of look when you, when you see Sims looking at his kid. You know, I honestly don't think that Sims is a, I don't think he's a bad guy personally. That's why I think he's an interesting character because he's not just like a villain just to be a villain. He's a villain who thinks what he's doing is more important than necessarily following explicit right and wrong, mm -hmm. you know? We think that's what he thinks. I'm really, I have a lot of questions after that last scene in the episode where we get that control room. I don't know what some of those questions are yet, but 
uh, it's definitely got me wondering about a lot that's going on. And I don't, I don't know if, like, I, I feel like Sims what would be his knows too then? much. I, what would I, be, what would be Sims' motivations then? Do you think of just pure evil? It so depends on what's actually happening outside of the silo, what's really going on, where the control room is. It could just be their way of trying to keep the peace, right? I, I, I could see that, but I mean, you kind of like all powerful. I mean. You're more in charge than the sheriff's department. You are judicial. You also, on top of that, have all of this secret information. Like, it's just power. My only rebuttal to that, that. Yeah, my rebuttal to that is the meeting between Bernard, Juliet, and Sims. Where Sims in this episode is pretty much exposing Juliet left and right. When she brings out the Pez dispenser, he says, this didn't belong to Trumbull. Because mm-hmm. he knows damn well who it belonged to, right? Yeah. He knows. Now, Juliet throws it right back at him and pretty much says, well, you were buddy-buddy with Trumbull, the murderer, so do you mm-hmm. want to tell us anything that you may not be saying? And at that point, Judge Meadows steps in. So, Judge Meadows and Bernard and Billings, in a way, are all playing towards the sta- stability of the silo, yeah. right? But Sims cares about that too because in the scene later, when it's the confrontation when Sims has confirmation that the Pez dispenser did in fact belong to George. He confronts Juliet again, empties out the sheriff's office and says, you know, pretty much calls her out on that. And it's Bernard who steps in and says, well, could it have been possible that Trumbull took it thinking that it was unimportant to his apartment? Mm -hmm. And because it was a possibility that gave, there was just such good, like deep subtext in that scene of what Bernard was doing. He was essentially calling bullshit on everything Juliet was saying. Right. He was yes. saying, he was saying pretty much no one believes you, even though like technically we don't have evidence. Everyone knows that you're, you were in love with George. Okay. And that you mm-hmm. guys were a, an item. Okay. But at the same time, he's looking at the whole silo and the state that it's in right now. If another sheriff goes out to clean, the stability of the silos up in arms. And he says that in such a way where he says, some mysteries I've learned in my experience are better left unsolved. Yes. And for Sims, that he's saying something to Sims there and he says something to Juliet there. And Sims agrees with it. He goes along with it. Whether he's evil as you think, pure evil as you think, I think he's more of a what's good for the silo is what I'm going to do and I'll kill whoever I got to kill to do it, you know, as long as it keeps the 10,000 alive. I think that's what he's thinking. And I think that's what Bernard Meadows thinks too. I, I definitely think that there is this element of them wanting to keep the peace. I, I do think there's also this this side of, you know, wanting to, to keep the power too, right? Like, I, I, it's it's too much power, in my opinion, to not assume that he's, he's hungry for it and he does not want to give that up. He's not going to mm-hmm. let something get in the way. So, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, I think there may be more beyond that. Fair. What well, did you think of Regina? Did you buy her whole, I can tell you my first impression of Regina. Okay. Where she's going into detail about how George used her to buy relics and, you know, whatever, X, Y, Z. I think that she's just a jaded lover. You know, it's Um, a relationship that's gone awry uh and she was on the, she was on the worst end of the breakup. Yeah. I mean, she just reminded me of a jealous ex-girlfriend. Ooh. 
We name drop? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> nobody specific. <laughs> Say your name, Zach. Say your name. Regina. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I thought it was just, I don't think that her experience negates Juliet's, but George is dead, so we'll never know. However, he did leave something quite interesting behind for Regina. Yes. And it makes you wonder how many other people in the silo have family heirlooms that have been passed down like this mm-hmm. from generation to generation. Um, it's this children's travel guide to Georgia? It was Georgia, yeah. Explains George's name, maybe. Oh, to that's interesting. George, Georgia. George, Georgia, maybe. I was going <laughs> to laugh because I just saw it. The words, like the letters G E O, you know, like, but I didn't know it was a travel guide. So I was like, Curious George. Like, you imagine it was just a Curious George book. <laughs> I mean, that would be funny. I mean, it's almost as funny as it being a, uh... a pest, the pest. <laughs> like, we go from we think it's going to be something serious. And she even says, like, this is everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Curious George. I'm like, no. It's going but... to be what's on the, uh, the camcorder, which I still haven't seen. I, look, and Sean was giving you a victory. No, who, who gave you the victory lap on? Oh, you got a victory lap from uh, from, from our friend in Germany. Nice. But nonetheless, that's not confirmed whether it's a camcorder yet. So, I'm holding out like 2% of hope. All right. Well, you can keep it 2% because I was right about the Pez, man. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that one for the camcorder. It's got to be. You know, I didn't think, I, full transparency, I did not think that the Pez, that she was going to be able to swing this Pez dispenser as a serious bait piece. And it really didn't work, to be honest. They it, immediately called bullshit. They she, like, yes, <laughs> they, they, they called BS, but, you know, it still worked, though. Yeah. It, got, it allowed her to open up this investigation and start poking around. And she is, she did. So, in that regards, it, it worked. Did, they, did Sims realize that it was BS? Of course. Am I, am I irrational and unreasonable to be jealous on George's behalf that Lucas, the cafeteria guy, is now hitting on Juliet? You know, at the beginning of the episode when we got that, that very first flashback of uh, Juliet, I, I guess, in, George. in bed with somebody, I thought it was Lucas for like yes. the first like 20 yes. seconds. I'm like, wait a minute, what? That picked up quick. But no, it was just a flashback. Wait till she finds out this is George's brother somehow or something. And then, like, she's already involved with him, and now she feels like this deep, this deep, um, what's the word, confliction, <laughs> you know? It's like Pearl Harbor. I don't know. You know what? The movie. What <laughs> I'm kind of a little disappointed about in this episode. What? Is we didn't get any of her two-day vacation down here. That's a solid point. Thank you. You know what it was, though? We technically did get it. We technically did get it. But we thought that that two-day vacation was going to be spent going into that hole of water. She or, didn't or, spend it doing or that. doing something. I mean, she didn't, she didn't spend time. I mean, she was, she she was back, up, she was back in the up top and, and in the mids. She, t- she spent two whole days trying to brainstorm how she could turn this Pez dispenser into the proper bait. That's what she did. <laughs> well. We need to see what's on the device down there. I still want to know where the hard drive is. I don't know. Yeah. She gets that note from the repair, from mechanical or from repair. Uh, no, not repair. Recycling. That they still haven't found the hard drive. 
She thinks it's been destroyed. I don't think so. This hard drive is somewhere. It's probably in Holston's apartment, if I had to guess. I think it's in Holston's apartment as well. I think it's just hidden very well. Yeah. Possibly. Can we talk about the apartment for a moment? Holston's apartment? Yes. Kind of just just walking towards the end of the episode because this... Yeah. Well, at first I want to highlight the fact that this was the moment of the episode. Yes. Her, first and foremost, her seeing nature for the first time through this travel booklet that we take for granted being alive mm-hmm. and outside of a silo. You know, all of us have these or have thrown these out, these travel booklets when you're traveling to a country or to a state where you've picked these up at the little um, information booth, you know, when you're driving through. Mm-hmm. She's seeing dolphins for the first time. She's seeing creatures she's never even fathomed. She's seeing people on a raft on a river. Yeah. You know, she's seeing this seashell or this fossil in the sand. Did you She's, did you catch that that fossil was the tattoo that George had? Oh no, I did not. This is the instant reaction, Zach. You're not supposed to be that attention or detail oriented, pal. I, I get a, I get a few every now and then. Sheesh, save something for the deep. <laughs> oh, I like well. Juliet because she's totally a beach person like myself. She goes from the forest. She's like, eh, rivers, eh, and then she sees that beach and she stays on that page. I'm like, at a girl. There's nothing like a beach. Yeah. So, I was still thinking back about what uh, Holston's note said, double the mirrors and, or double the flowers ah. in the mirror. And I still, I wasn't sure what that was. And I asked my wife. It's in like, the vase. What does that mean? It's like, maybe it's see-through. Maybe it's in the vase. And as, as we were oh. watching the episode, and she said that, it pulls back and I'm like, wait, what? And you know what? <laughs> if you, you doubled the flowers in the mirror, mm-hmm. you, they wouldn't be able to see anything. Yeah, and that was my concern because I'm like, if they've got all of these cameras everywhere, like my they, they would blown. have had to have seen him put the stuff in the vent and everywhere else. So my mind is blown. Yeah, that means he was doubling the flowers to protect surveillance of so what was going on in his apartment. He knew he was being watched. Oh my gosh, that's a worthy end to the instant reaction episode. It is, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm so looking forward to pick this one apart, man you know what it is, man. We're not going to get any real answers at the end of this season. That's what's going to happen. They're going to string us along for, for season two. Season one's going to end with her going through the janitor's door. Something. I don't know. I don't Am know. I missing anything here? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I Again, I enjoyed the little bits of uh, flashbacks and backstory that we got between Juliet and George. I just named him the Asian guy gives the order to wake him up. So, like the Asian computer monitoring guy who looked really cool. He actually looked like, um, oh, man, this is a famous actor that I'm blanking on right now. And I was like, no way they got this guy for, for this. But I looked at him <laughs> again and it's definitely not him. Um, the janitor's got to be the enforcer, the guy who cleans up things like this. Yeah. Crimes of curiosity. Cleans up crimes of curiosity. Yeah. The only comments I'll I'll add about that end scene is they seem a little too clean and cool for this silo. I th- if I had to guess, I think that they're in the silo. I think, you think that's in. what's behind the janitor's door. Yes, some sort of office for that. Mm-hmm. I think is there. Yeah, if they are in the silo, I, I would I would. 
assume that that's where they are as well. The secret room. Once they you go in there, you see, you see all of the mess. They obviously don't have enough bandwidth to surveil every room because... Totally, yeah. They need 7,000 police officers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that goes, hey, Dan from Sweden, if you had enough of these police officers or these, these people, you could definitely surveil 10,000 people. 100%. 100%. Uh, Regina did mention there was a man who knows everything, which speaks to a, a guy who would know everything if he was getting word from people who are surveilling everything. Yeah, I, right? I would assume that. She, I thought she was talking about Sims. I think she is talking about Sims, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not Sims at all, and we think it is. It's not confirmed. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, who knows? The the guy in the end may may have mentioned to wake somebody else up. We didn't get a name. I do think Juliet's life is in danger now. So whatever happens next episode is going to be heavy. And knowing this show, it would it shock you if Juliet dies like next episode? I would oh, be shocked. That's I guess. such a tough one. I mean, given their track record, no, it wouldn't shock me. But in reality, yes, it would. <laughs> I feel yeah, like come let, on. Let's save this. Switch that mid mid roll. Let's save discussion on that for the deep dive, so the so the people have something to look forward to. We can talk about this a little bit more. Or a lot a bit more on the deep dive. Okay, uh, thank you all for tuning in to another week of Instant Reaction covering episode six of the Silo. We appreciate your support and uh, and watching and staying tuned. Once again, we do have a new show on Wednesdays. If you haven't watched the Foundation, we are doing a season one recap little series going on, launching every Wednesday, where we go through all of Foundation season one, which you can find on Apple TV Plus. And if you follow along with us on there, you will be ready to go for season two premiering on July 14th on Apple TV+. And once again, if you want to reach us, email us at contact.soapbox.house. And if you want to support our little humble independent podcast production company called Soapbox, you can do so by heading over to our support page, which is linked in every episode's description and anything helps really uh we love making this content for y'all and just let us know if you're enjoying it It, it's very uh inspiring to see and lights a fire under us to continue to produce more content absolutely and yes thank you once again and zach uh, you're the professional outro doer so you can take the other side of this well thank you for listening to this episode of silo by story archives you can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts apple spotify and google Podcasts. you can visit us on our website at soapbox.house where you find links out to the show and others on the network and we are also now officially on youtube so if you look us up on the youtube app or if you have youtube music you'll be able to find us in there as well and finally if you want to shoot us an email the email is contact at soapbox.house Thank you.